Well, welcome back to uh, another edition of the Bowlers Extra podcast. Uh, Mike Carmen, Purdue football beat writer, also cover basketball, and that's probably approaching quicker than, than we thought. <laughs> Joined by Sam King, our uh, high school writer, and also helps out with uh, Purdue coverage as well. As uh, we start to, or as we look ahead, we're a little bit late, later this week than normal. Couldn't find anybody to come on and talk about Penn State. And then I thought, it's like, well, do we need anybody to talk about Penn State because <laughs> of what's coming up on Saturday? And Penn State's a really good team. I can tell you that. They beat Maryland 59 to nothing. Uh, and they were pretty much flawless in that game. Uh, and they've got a big game next week against Iowa. But now they're going to get a depleted uh, Purdue team uh, coming in Saturday to, to Beaver Stadium. So welcome, Sam. How are you doing? Doing marvelous, Carm. How are you? I'm I'm fine. We're recording this on Thursday uh, afternoon, and now that we have a full update, exactly uh, who's available for Purdue and who who may not be available for Purdue, and how long they're going to be out. But first, uh, you know, Purdue is one in three. Not the start that everybody thought would happen. Uh, you know, when you go back to the Nevada game, that was a win. That was a game they should have won. Uh, Vanderbilt. It was a game they did win and should have won. TCU was always a toss-up game, but they didn't have Sindelar and you had some other missing pieces. And then, you know, last Saturday against Minnesota, a game when you started the year, you thought that that right. would be a win for Purdue. But then uh, you lose Sindelar and Moore on the same play in your defense, which has been playing without Marcus Bailey now for two games. Um, they're still recovering from that. So the defense didn't hold up its end. So Purdue sits one and three, but as as we look, we you know we kind of reached uh, uh, one one point in this season where you're four games in, four games into a twelve game season. Should Purdue fans readjust what they expect out of this year? Yeah, I, I think that going to a bowl game now is almost an unlikely scenario. Um, you still figure. You know, end the year with Indiana. If you win that game, that's huge, and that's always a you know that's always a, a big uh, feather in the cap. If you can win that bucket game, but a lot of people were very hyped, especially after the um, contract that Coach Brown got. Um, I know the money doesn't mean the expectations are going to be different, or doesn't always lead to success on the field. But just in the world we're in now, that's the kind of contracts that coaches get. Um, and based on what he had done, he had proven that, you know, he, he's a pretty good football coach. So I think if Purdue wanted to keep him, they had to do that. Um, but, you know, you can't predict these kind of scenarios where you get guys hurt. Um, then you're one and three where you think, hey, we could be three and one at this point in the season. Uh, I, I think at best, you know, if you have a four-win team here, you're probably pretty excited about winning three games out the rest of the season. If that. I mean, Saturday's game at Penn State does not look like a winnable game. It doesn't appear to be a close game if Penn State is clicking uh, the way they played against Maryland. You know, Purdue's going to have its number two quarterback, which who, who is now their number one quarterback in Jack Plummer. Um, you know, they did find a running game last week, but that was against Minnesota. I'm not uh, – Penn State players are better. I can tell you that flat out. Uh, and Purdue's offensive line isn't, isn't better than Penn State's defensive line. So they're going to have some struggles there. It's just, it's very hard to come up with a scenario that Purdue wins this game on Saturday. This, uh, this is the first game where Jack Plummer has gone into the week knowing he's the guy playing quarterback that week. I think he found out Thursday or Friday before right. the TCU game 
obviously last week he was not the starting quarterback and uh, by the end of the first quarter he was the quarterback so uh, interested to see how that kind of carries over with him having a full week to prepare and I assume getting the the number one reps all week long Uh, so he should be uh, by now with two games under his belt far more polished and, and far more prepared but like you said, there's a lot of other issues. The offensive line is, um, you know, even last week with the running, I still didn't think they, they played that well. They did some good things, but it was, as Coach Brown said, a lot of smoke and mirrors and doing things that, you know, aren't the traditional way of running the ball through a, a hole. Well, this, so This is going to be a smoke and mirror year. <laughs> it was going to be in a way, but now it's even more than a smoke and uh, mirror uh, year. You know, but this is also Jack Plummer's first road game. As a yeah. starting quarterback, and he's, not, he's doing it in front of hundred thousand people that yeah, like this screaming. Yeah, a unique uh, road game experience. It's not like going to Nevada and playing your first game, right? Or Illinois, where you have some Purdue fans there. There'll be some Purdue fans there, but it's going to uh, be a lot of white in the crowd. Yeah, there's, it's, it's going to be. But he, you know, he said earlier in the week that he kind of, as all athletes say, they kind of tune that out, and it's about execution and stuff like that. And he's right. Uh, the one benefit I think of having Jack Palmer uh, is. You know, I would expect him to use his legs a little bit more and um, get out of danger that way, or right. at least they have some designs run runs for him uh, on maybe some short yardage situation where they can keep keep a drive alive. But Saturday does not look like a win for Purdue, so we're we're, we're going that direction, which I don't think is far fetched. But as you look at the rest of the schedule, you got homecoming next week with Maryland. Maryland got off to a hot start. Uh, beating an FCS team, Howard, and then beating a ranked team, Syracuse, putting up like a gob of points. Then they lose to Temple. Then they lose to, to Penn State. So somewhere in the middle of all that garbage is a, a football team that I think is not not horrible, but not, not great. And being at home, you would think that this can be a game that Purdue potentially – uh, can win. I, I guess we'll find out Saturday. Maryland, Maryland plays Rutgers, which now Rutgers has absolutely nothing to lose because they fired a coach and uh, <laughs> they got a brand new uh, coach uh, heading heading the thing. You know, but they didn't they didn't change their players. So to me, uh, the goal Saturday is just to get out with nobody else injured uh, and then try to get ready for Maryland, build a little bit momentum there. But you know, I, I think that's a game Purdue can win. It doesn't probably change your season that much, but I, I do think that's a game Purdue could possibly win depending on what we see from the defense this week. Yeah. So, and then ideally, I mean, you know, theoretically, if you win that game, you're, you're two and four, uh, assuming you lose to Penn state, which, uh, we're assuming. And, uh, then it's not a big of, assumption. At yeah, this point. Right. You look at the rest of the season and, you know, talk about four wins then, and, and there's still people who think, you know, we'd like to go to a bowl game for the third year in a row. Um, is, is that a likely scenario in any way? I mean, if I guess you've got to win that Maryland game if, if that's a hope. Yeah, I mean, basically you got to win five games. you got to win five games. you got to win five of your last eight games. Yeah. So if you, if you count Maryland as a win, if you count Illinois as a win, if you count Indiana as a win, where are your other two wins coming from? Well, per- you can answer a, that question if Purdue, you like. <laughs> Purdue has Iowa's number, but, you know – on the other end of things, Iowa knows Purdue has had their number and, and probably has some things figured out uh, for that game. See, Iowa's going to be coming off playing Michigan and Penn State before yeah. they play Purdue. So things change week to week, and you, you have to keep that in mind. And if Purdue can stay if, – if Purdue can keep its current group healthy, keep – you know, and then 
interject Rondell Moore back into the equation at some point, you know, maybe later this month, or early next month, then, you know, they'll, they'll have, they'll have a better chance in some of these games, but, you know, Purdue got behind the eight ball, uh, with losing to Nevada and now losing to Minnesota has put them basically two games behind where they should be. Right. And I, I just, it's going to be hard for them to make up two games like that. It's going to be hard for them to win any game, to be honest, based on how their defense played last week. Uh, so what, what should we watch for now the rest of the year? Well, I, I think you're right. Uh, Purdue's going to have to score a lot of points to win games. They're, they're not going to go out and blow out anybody. More likely they're, they're going to go out and, and be chasing like they were last week where they're trying to make a furious comeback at the end and, you know, you have to get an onside kick or something like that and, and hope for the best. But uh, when you look at the, the teams on the schedule, there's probably the three games that you mentioned are the games that you expect even competitiveness probably. Um, you know, you get teams like Nebraska and Wisconsin. Those those are teams that just have better players than Purdue. So to win those games, you're going to have to do something out of the ordinary um, that that we haven't seen yet. And, and I know that the coaches will come up with some sort of uh, trick plays, but that only works for so long. That might work once or twice in a game. You can't solely rely on stuff like that to, to beat a team. But on, on the flip side of that, the only two games that I would tell you that I think that are, are just no-go for Purdue – would be Penn State and Wisconsin, two games on the road that I don't see any scenario right now that Purdue Purdue wins those two games. Purdue has had Iowa's number uh, the last couple years, so you know I don't I don't completely eliminate Iowa as a, as a as a you know I don't immediately say Iowa's going to be a, you know a loss, but the other games you know Nebraska has had some issues with turnovers. Um, and they, they, they seem to be uh, far enough along offensively that they should be able to come in here and win. But if Purdue's defense can at least put up some kind of fight <laughs> somewhere along the line and make some stops and get some turnovers, then they'll, they'll have a chance. You know, And even going to Northwestern, while it's on the road and Northwestern is usually a much more physical team than Purdue – and has had Purdue's number. They've they've won five straight in a series, which it's this is a that's Northwestern's longest streak ever against Purdue is five in a row. Would might find might find that hard to believe, but maybe not. Uh, you know that's not, that's not a that's not an automatic loss uh, for Purdue. But you know if Purdue suffers more injuries and you, you're getting down to the third third and fourth string, then you, you're in serious trouble. And the other part that we really haven't mentioned and talked about a lot is that Rondell is expected back at some point this season not right. this week probably not next week uh, I, I would I, I, my guess and I'm just guessing here is that probably sometime later in the month uh, maybe I think the earliest would be Iowa but maybe Nebraska that first weekend in November so but if you get him back then that changes a little bit of what what you can expect out of the team or what this team should be able to do offensively. Yeah. And I mean, Rondell is a unique special talent, but he also doesn't have a rapport with Jack Plummer at all. They played the TCU game together and he did not do anything. He dropped the ball. I think early on in that game ended up with two catches maybe, but that wasn't Jack Plummer's fault. No, <laughs> I don't put that on, on Jack Plummer at all. I don't put it on Rondell. I'm the quarterback. I throw you the ball. You catch it. That's yes. chemistry. Yes. <laughs> uh, Rondell had a bad game that day. There's no, no getting around it, but, I, I, I think he's caught enough from him in practice that he kind of knows. Now he doesn't have the same 
the same uh, feeling that he had with Sindelar, but you know, I, I think that would work out. But just having him on the field, I think, kind of changes what Purdue potentially yeah. can do. You stretch the field and, you know, you put him in a lot of different spots on the field. You run the ball with him, um, you know, and, and no matter where he's lined up, teams have to respect where he's at and, and keep an eye on him and almost basically spy him wherever he goes. So that does potentially open up, you know, David Bells and Milton Wrights and Ahmad Andersons and guys like that. And, um, you know, if, if they can keep this running game going and if King DeRue is – able to build off of what he did last week and, and they develop some kind of a running game. What, what we haven't uh, really touched on is, is the defense has to help the offense too. And last week they did not do that. Uh, if you have any sort of defense last week, you might end up winning that game. Um, yeah. And you're probably going to see some changes this week on the defensive side. Uh, they've, they've listed two new starters at cornerback, Corey Trice and Jordan Rucker. Now Saturday, when we get there, we'll find out for sure if they're actually going to start and how much they play. Uh, but they're just, they were looking for some competition. You know, Trice came in after the first series against Minnesota, played 50-some snaps, held up well, according to Nick Holt. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surpri- surprised if uh, Trice got the start. Rutger, you know, I, I don't – he really didn't notice him in the game that much uh, on Saturday, but maybe to emphasize the message you're trying to get across, you have these two guys start and then – you know, I would expect Kenneth Major and Dietrich Mackey to play uh, on Saturday. And according to Nick Holt, they had a good week of practice, and uh, we'll see if that translates uh, to the game. So they're they're trying some different guys. They're trying to hold you know some veterans accountable in that group. Uh, they did, you know they have to play a little. They have to play better. The the cornerbacks have to play better. The safeties have to play better. The linebackers have to to play better and you have to figure out a way to get a pass rush yeah, and you got to get some pressure on the quarterback yeah. too so well pretty guy i think Purdue had four sacks last week but they seemed so spread apart that it, it really didn't really didn't affect minnesota's offense or knock tanner morgan off his rhythm no, no, because tanner was, morgan also had times where he could have just parked a car there and yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it was you know it was a lot of basic plays that purdue got beat on and you know we've kind of been we've been over that scenario before but you're, you know, you're right. Purdue's defense really has to carry the load here uh, if it's going to win some games. Uh, you know, obviously, if they're going to try to win six, then they've they've got to they've got to carry the load and get some turnovers. But just you know, if we talked about the games that we think Purdue would have a leg- legitimate sh- chance to win with Maryland, Illinois, and Indiana. The defense is still going to have to step up and and play and, and play at a high level, and they're going to have to stay healthy. Because they just there's there's really nowhere else to go on this roster to put to put people in that 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 give you any kind of experience. Right. Now the guys that can help you this year are, are playing. So. Yes, and they will continue uh, to play. But this is a problem that Purdue's roster has always had. It's not. Uh, it's never been deep. Uh, they've always had trouble with depth. They've they've had trouble finding frontline starters. So and when you lose frontline starters like Purdue has, I mean, think about it Saturday. They're going to be without Elijah Sindelar, Rondell Moore, um, Lorenzo Neal, and Marcus Bailey. Four guys that – Probably the best four players. Or four of their top five or six. Yes, but also four guys that, if healthy and playing at a high level, are four guys that are draftable guys next spring. Yeah, And so – you're taking four potential NFL draft picks off your team and saying, okay, go to Penn State and play the Nittany Lions. 
that that would that was that With was freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, and that that is difficult. That was difficult last week playing Minnesota at oh. home, <laughs> and now you're 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 going on the road and doing that. And but you know the other thing now, at what point do we see a shift? And we we've seen a little bit of it, but at what point do we see a shift of more younger guys getting in there and playing? We you know George Karloftis is going to play. He's not going to redshirt this year. Uh, Jalen Graham's going to play. You know, we've seen some other freshmen get in the game, Milton Wright and some other guys. But do we do we see more as as we get through October, and then once you get to November, and you got your four game redshirt rule where they can play for and not and not have to worry about it? It, it is uh, it's probably a time we'll see a little bit more. But is it is it time to see more true freshmen out there just to see what they can do? They usually don't put guys out there they're not they don't believe are ready to play, but. And this could be a unique uh, season where by the time we get to the end of the month, we're seeing a lot a lot of guys that haven't played before. If you're not going to a bowl game and you start to realize that, at some point you do start thinking about the future. And it no longer becomes about what can we do this year. And I know fans don't want to hear that because, you know, you want to, for example, in other sports, you want to be in the playoff race until you're not. But um, I'm sure these coaches are realist and they're going to sense, you know, when it gets down to it, we probably don't have a team that's going to make a bowl this year or whatever it is. And um, I think you have to, at that point, find out what you got with some of these guys. So, you know, you go into the spring and guys transfer and, and all kinds of things happen every year that, you know, sometimes you see it coming, sometimes you don't, but you, you got to know what you have. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is you're not going to have the benefit of bowl practices. You're not going yeah. to have those 15 practices that Jeff Brom never uses anyway, but he doesn't use the full allotment, but you're not going to have those, 15 practices to to work out your young guys to get a better idea of what what you have so they're not going to just completely throw the season away and not play seniors they're going to play the guys they're, they're going to go into each week thinking you know trying to win the game with the with the personnel that they have but when when do they start rotating a, a few more bodies in there uh, of younger guys just to get them some game experience and especially as you said if you're not going to go to a bowl game then this is it, and you can't really practice again until the spring. So you're going to have, you know, that's been. I think that's been a benefit to Purdue the last, the first two years is they've had those bowl practices and they've been able to work the young guys. It's not, it's not as much preparing for the bowl game, as it was about working the young guys and getting them up to speed and getting them ready for spring ball so they can step in and play and then hopefully carry that momentum out. Uh, so. I'm just I'm just kind of curious at what point that starts to happen. It probably doesn't happen until you're kind of officially eliminated from a bowl game when you get that seventh loss, uh, which you know could come sooner <laughs> than later than what it's ha- what what it's been. But yeah, I, I just think you know they're probably just looking for uh, you know more character things right now. And who, who's willing to fight? Who's willing to stay in there and play and play hard the whole time and and try to make some plays to 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 get some uh, to, to help with their evaluation as they as they go through the season. Yeah, and, and everybody reacts differently too when you create competition. And I think you mentioned Tristan Rucker. I think you're doing that. You're creating competition, and like, okay, you guys, you're not just the starters because you've been the starter before. And they want to create that. Like, you know, sometimes that forces guys to step up. And um, I imagine that you know the more depth you have, and the, the more guys competing for spots. You know, the more hungry these guys get to hold on to their spot, and um, you know that that just creates and makes a whole a better team as a whole. So, 
Uh, let's run down the uh, the injury list real quick in case people haven't been staying up to date. Uh, Elijah Sindelar, broken clavicle. Uh, he had surgery Monday. He will be out six to eight weeks, which takes you into November. And um, I would say it's probably unlikely that he plays again, even if he's healthy. Uh, but, you know, stranger things have happened. And the other caveat in this whole thing is that, you know, Sindelar has a sixth year in his pocket. You know, it's his option whether he wants to come back or not. And that's a discussion that, that he and Jeff Brown will have at some point, whether Elijah just wants to move on or he does want to come back. And you've got to have a spot for him on the scholarship and you're in the process of filling your 2020 class. So you've, you've, got, some, you've got some maneuvering potentially to do. Uh, Rondell Moore uh, will not be out for the year. Uh, Jeff uh, made that announcement last night uh, or Wednesday on his radio show, and we talked to him again today. Uh, he said the injuries in the knee slash hamstring area, and that anybody, basically a weaker human being physically, would have probably saw their knee crumble and disintegrate to the ground. Somebody who does not squat six hundred pounds, <laughs> right? So Rondell Moore's training and strength and his attention to detail uh, really probably saved him some torn ligaments. Uh, not just one, but probably multiple uh, torn ligaments in that knee. And who knows what kind of setback that would have been for, for him uh, if he, he if his legs were just not as strong as they as they are based on what yeah. Jeff has said and what the doctors have, have told him. So they're expecting to get Rondell back at some point this year, but they're not going to push it. They're not going to get him out there before he's ready to go. Uh, Jeff Brom said today that Marvin Grant, a freshman safety, had shoulder surgery on Wednesday. He's out uh, for the year. Um, who else? Would, it's a long injury report. I mean, Jeff said Monday that Tara Fuller won't play this week. Lorenzo O'Neill won't play this week. <laughs> That's the weekly updates yeah, from those guys. Lorenzo probably won't play the rest of the year. Uh, but you'll have no Neal this week. Uh, Tara Fuller will not play Richie Worship. Although Richie Worship is uh, – is doing a few more things in practice because uh, uh, Chris Barclay said last week that he wouldn't be surprised if Richie Worship got on the field before Tario Fuller, uh, which I, I found surprising. Uh, but he, he, he got involved in some individual drills this week at practice. So what his timetable is exactly, uh, you know, we don't know, but he, he's doing more than he's ever done in the last two years. So if they could add him to the running game mix in some fashion, that that definitely uh, that definitely helps. Um, I mean, missing anybody? Uh, the lineman who was hurt last week. Oh, DJ Washington. Yes. He had surgery on his uh, fibula ankle. Uh, he's done for the year. Similar surgery that uh, similar injury and surgery that David Blau had a couple years ago uh, when he broke his ankle against uh, Illinois. Uh, so DJ uh, Washington will be out. Um, I think that's the, the injury report that we know of right now, or at least what's up to date uh, through uh, through Thursday. Um, and with Saturday's game, you might see a tweak on the offensive line where uh, Matt McCann might move to the right tackle, Will Bramble might move to uh, go to, to right guard. Uh, the reasons for that, I, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I saw in practice. And... Um, whether they're trying to get McCann out on the edge because of some of Penn State's pass rushers or this is a better run-blocking situation for them. We'll have to wait and see 
uh, what that is. But you know, Saturday's game at Penn State, you know, it's it's not it's not promising for Purdue. But I guess kind of what are your what are your thoughts on what what you'd like to see out of Saturday and um, and does Purdue have any kind of chance <laughs> in this game? Well, you know, based on Maryland scoring zero, uh, <laughs> and I think Maryland might be ahead of uh, Purdue right now offensively. Um, that doesn't bode well. Uh, you would like to see them, you know, even if you don't stay competitive for four quarters, you would like to see Purdue to go out there and fight and compete and, you know, get some sort of momentum or confidence coming out of this game. Like, Hey, that's a, a top team we just went against and we were able to, to play with them. Uh, I also think that, you know, you want to see the defense stop a receiver from getting 50 yards every time he touches the ball. So i um, interested to see how that improves from week to week. Uh, I'm sure the defense has worked a lot on the past defense after what happened last week. And, and Jeff Brown said pretty much they were atrocious and made him sick to watch it. Um, I think it made all Purdue fans sick to watch that. So Definitely made Bryson Hopkins sick. <laughs> yeah, I don't Bryson know if Hopkins. that was a reason for his illness, but he was throwing up uh, on the field last week for the third game. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I think you get out of there with no injuries and you, you play head-to-head with them for a little bit even um, and, and show that, hey, we can do some things against this caliber of a team. That's probably the best scenario. I'd just like to see a step beyond TCU for the offense. I mean, the yeah. offense didn't really do anything against TCU. Uh, you know, that's a byproduct of a lot of different things. But, you know, Jack Plummer, this will be his third game. I expect him to be more comfortable. Um, but, you know, against TCU, they couldn't they couldn't get any short yardage situations going. You know, the, the defense was on the field for 40 minutes. You know, I, I think progress in that area would be a positive sign for them coming out of that, coming out of the game. So, and, and you're right, you got, they, they, they can't have any more injuries um, or, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be reaching, they'll be having a, a call out on campus or making trades with Wabash College trying to get some players yeah. <laughs> up here, up here to play. So uh, it, it's going to be a tough climb. For Purdue, there's there's no there's no question about it. You can't sugarcoat it any other way. That the you know even if even if they had all their main parts, even if they had their full roster healthy, uh, I, I still wouldn't pick Purdue to win this game. But uh, you know I think that they would uh, they would account uh, themselves very well uh, in the game if you had your full roster going into Saturday's game at Penn State. Yeah, and um, you know now looking at it, uh, aside from pulling out some guys from the NFL who have Purdue playing experience. Um, you're you're going to struggle to beat this team. And uh, Penn State looks to be, uh, you know, even better than maybe people thought uh, going into the season, which people already, you know, for years have respected Penn State's program and this year thought very highly of that team. Um, but then to go out and do what they've done, and especially what they did last week, um, that shows you how good of a team this is. And now you're playing Purdue probably when anybody would want to play Purdue where they're, trying to find some things with, with some new guys in the lineup. The one thing I, you know, you, you do try to caution people on is that recency bias always plays a factor in football because you, you play one game a week. So you, a lot of opinions are based on what just happened. So Penn, Penn State beats Maryland 59 to nothing. So Penn State is now part of the college football playoff and Maryland's the worst team in the country, which neither one is true. Right now, I don't think Purdue will lose fifty-nine to zero. <laughs> I will say that. I think Purdue will score, and I don't think Penn State will put up sixty points. So. Okay, all right. Well, I'm not going to bet you on that because that could easily happen. <laughs> <laughs> it could easily happen. I just don't think that's going. But to that, be the case. that's that's the thing where you, you you know 
each week is a referendum on each program and in the country. And um, I, I'm not sure Penn State um, is ready to challenge Ohio State for the Big Big Ten East. Um, they they've got some games coming up. They got Iowa after Purdue that uh, they're going to have to uh, uh, really buckle down and play well. You know, you remember Penn State barely beat Pitt. You know, a couple weeks ago, Buffalo got on top of them early. Uh, in in the second game of the year, uh, yes, they were impressive against Maryland. They 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 really took Maryland to the woodshed. Uh, but I I still think they're probably the third best team in the East right now, and that's you know that shows shows you how loaded the East is uh, a little bit. That's why you like to be on the side of the. the... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Purdue Purdue's not voting for any kind of expansion uh, in, in coming up in the in the next decade. All right, we're going to wrap it up here uh, uh, with the the Boilers Extra podcast. Uh, I'll try to put one together after the game on Saturday, uh, driving back to wherever my plane is leaving from, and uh, recap what happened Saturday. Anyway, thanks for uh, anyway. You can subscribe uh, to the uh, the Boilers Extra podcast through all the uh, necessary means, which I believe is uh, like uh, Apple. What are the some of the other ones, Sam? I really don't know this stuff. Stitcher? You know more about it than I do. I, I don't know. So. I don't know much about it at all. Uh, Nathan did all that. He said all that stuff. Anyway, you can subscribe through the normal means of how you subscribe. I'll click to on it on JNC Online and listen to it that way. So. <laughs> but so I think this can get delivered like to your phone or to your podcast when it's done and available, I believe. I think that's how it works. Maybe I'll have to do it that way. I might have to check into that. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Again. If anybody out there knows, send us some <laughs> suggestions. And if you have any questions, comments, feel free to to hit us up on Twitter or uh, email uh, or, you know, send, send a pigeon uh, with pigeon carrier with, uh, with, with your question or, or comment. Be more than happy. Golf cart driver when he's not taking injured <laughs> players to the locker room, bring it over here. Yeah. I hope the golf, hope the golf cart's okay. It, it, it had a workout last week. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll be back after the game Saturday to recap uh, Purdue's uh, uh, Purdue and Penn state from uh, Beaver stadium and state college.